what's your goal? Do you want to become an eight-figure coach or do you just want to you know, be 30, 40 grand a month consistently with great clients that help, that turn up, that you like to work with and you have a great business? You are an amazing human being. You're a coach or expert who works hard to make a positive difference for your clients. I'm Joss Willard, and my mission is to help good coaches like you make great profits so you can live an amazing life helping the people you're meant to serve. This podcast is here to help with that. We'll be bringing you the information, resources, experts, and perspectives to allow your practice to make a difference, support the life you want, and reward you fairly and well for the impact that you bring. Welcome to Profit for Coaches. Hey, welcome back to another episode of Profit for Coaches. I am your host, Joss Willard. And on today's episode, we're talking with my friend, Ben Edwards. Ben is an investor, an entrepreneur, and a deal maker with experience across multiple industries. In fact, he's made a career out of taking businesses and business owners who are at the brink of failure and transforming them into success stories. Ben founded the Benjamin James Group with one thing in mind, to create win-win situations for everyone involved in every deal that they work on. His group believes in helping others at the time that they need it most. His experience and his focus, coupled with his vast sales and marketing knowledge, have positioned him to be a successful business strategist and mentor to thousands of businesses throughout Europe. On top of that, he talks even faster than I do. Enjoy the episode. Real quick, our goal here at the podcast is for these episodes to provide techniques, tools, skills, strategies, and inspiration that can help any coaching practice be more profitable but you want your practice to be more profitable. And while you can get all kinds of great things from this episode and any episode of Profit for Coaches, what will help you even more is advice, guidance, and action steps designed around your unique situation, your life, your practice, your goals, your challenges. How can we best help you with that? The quickest way to get you exactly what you need for your practice is for you to head over to ProfitforCoaches.com. When you're there, click on and grab your profitable practice scorecard. It's absolutely free. It just takes a few minutes. Fill out the scorecard. It will let us know exactly where your practice is and where you want it to go and what you're dealing with. Once you've done that, you'll get a response that tells you exactly what you can do next. The action steps you can take to make your practice more profitable and get you where you want your practice to be as soon as possible. So head on over to ProfitForCoaches.com and grab your Profitable Practice Scorecard today. Ben, tell me a little bit about yourself. How did you get to be who you are and do what you do? I uh, started out as an entrepreneur. I think it was always entrepreneurial. A little bit like the Gary Vee story. I didn't quite have lemonade stands, but I was always entrepreneur in the playground. I started personal training, like a gym leisure manager. I was in the fire service as well. And uh, quite quickly started coaching people. From all different issues, you know, coaching. First, you had to explain what coaching was back in the day before people knew what you even did. Especially yep. when I was a personal trainer, physical trainer as well. You had to expect, like, ex- explicitly explain that that is not the same thing as what we do. Then uh, I realised that being a coach and the actual skill sets of that are significantly different to actually running a coaching business in terms of getting clients, managing a business, yep. and all those things. So I became very good. Um, at sales and marketing to actually make a successful coaching business run and operate. And then, uh, you know, that passion helped other coaches to, to do theirs. And uh, the higher you get, the more you understand, the more the world opens up to you. And that's kind of where I'm at now. What do you think the, the primary, if you were to define what does a coach do and why is it important? I think the, the definition really sh- should or is helping clients get from where they are now to where they want to be faster than they would on their own. 
So obviously when we work with specific clients over and over again, you've got repeatable systems and processes that they can use to get a faster result with less pain, stress and heartache than if they were to go out on their own. And the more that you can convey that to them, the more trusting they are that the process is going to work. I think that's where, back to what, that previous point, I think the, the likelihood of like outcome and getting success mm-hmm. determines whether they actually go for it in the first place. Like some great coaches that I know are like undiscovered because they don't have the, it's a convincing factor on that sort of sales process to get the client to realize that that like the perceived perceived likelihood of outcome is so high because they have such confidence in their process and the way they deliver the coaching. If there is one skill set every coach needs to have in order to be successful, in order to have a profitable coaching practice, what would you say it is? Well, I think most coaches can actually coach. I think that's the thing, right? So you go on the qualifications, you get qualified, you do practice sessions, you coach, you know, your friends and your aunt and your mum. And then try and go and get clients how they teach you to kind of get clients and it all sort of doesn't work from there i find <laughs> i think the one skill I, I wouldn't even say it's sales i think people say sales but i don't think it's sales i think nowadays with the noise in the in the industry i think fit finding is better than sales processes so once you can you know, really articulate who who it's for what it does and stand with that results and the conviction behind it and i think that's just you know a good product when i say good product i mean a good program that actually gets results mm-hmm. good product and good, a good way to describe that product. So marketing, and I don't mean a huge marketing campaign, I just mean consistently, keyword consistently, telling your ideal client, ideal prospect, what it is you do, how they can work with you, and how it's going to help them. I think if you just kind of say the same thing in many, many different ways about how you can do that, I think eventually it's going to like, you're going to find the, you know, the puzzle pieces of, of what your business is missing. That's cool. And I think right now out there in the world, um, at least in my social media feeds and and the ads that get dumped on me because everyone in there on the planet has retargeted me. There's a, a push now about against niching down or against narrowing your target market, right? There's a, there's a lot of folks who are playing to the idea that, well, you're a coach. You can, you can help anyone to, to, to narrow down sort of waters down your message or they go the other direction and they say, you, especially if you're a new coach, you don't know enough. You haven't had enough experience out there to know what your, your niche is or, or what your specialty is. You shouldn't limit yourself or you shouldn't try to pick something because you might be wrong. What do you think? New coaches, there is a little bit of getting into this, the marketplace and getting your hands dirty as it were and getting some experience. Mm-hmm. I, I think the adverts that you've been served up about have a broad audience and don't niche too far is probably the single worst piece of advice ever to give coaches. <laughs> I think that's it was almost up there with sort of the internet over, the overnight millions on the internet, sort of like dream and belief and um, yep. sort of that, that message because, you know, if you speak to everybody, you will get no one. And I think uh, I've got a couple of examples to prove this point. Um, I think that, I don't know why they even message that. I, don't I think they're just trying to make it more. I think they're trying to make it more believable to people, thinking, oh, "I don't need to be able to niche to be able to do this." Mm-hmm. I think that could be the only reason they're trying to market that way. It's terrible because the client and, and the coach here just gets stuck because no one knows it's for them. So you know, the more like in signaling terms, the more that you signal that something's expensive, exclusive, like that. You know, depending on what shop you go to, food, it, 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 it's designed specifically to pull the kind of person that they want in that place that is who it's for everywhere has it whether you whether walmart have that on the door or not they're all trying to get to a different segment of the marketplace and i think coaches seem to think 
especially beginning coaches, that this is not a normal business. If you were to start a normal business, as a normal business in air quotes there, mm-hmm. you know, you think, who's my target audience, stock levels, all these sorts of things you think about. Yep. In coaching, people don't seem to think about this. They seem to forget the common business things and think, oh, as you said, uh, you can coach anybody. Co- coaching skill set, you can coach anybody. Just because you can does not mean you should. You absolutely, absolutely should not. You absolutely should not do that. So when I, when I talk about, I have I have worked with newbie coaches before, like talking about niche. There's who you help and how you help them, and two circles that overlap, and the niche is yep. in the middle. And there's three questions that obviously I'm sure you ask your clients. There's the what and the ha- and the who. So one of them has to be super tight. If both of them are super tight, it's all even better. But who you help or what you help them with has to be super tight. Otherwise, no one knows it's for them. And then the three questions. Do you like them? Can you help them? Can they pay? Yep. It's the next mistake after they do this part. They go, I like these people. I love coaching. I like these people. I can definitely help them. Hey, Ben, I'm not making any money. Like, so who are, you talk- who, who are you working with? So I work with people who've not had a job for six months, getting back into employment. I'm like, hmm. <laughs> I think I might have stumbled onto the query of why you're not generating cash flow. Yep. Because they don't have any money. <laughs> so this is such an important part. And I always say people like, I know coaches want to do good in the world, but you can't do good in the world if you haven't got your money and you're stressed. So help, 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 the, help the, I say rich, help the people who can afford it, need it, and then give give to you know your local charity or do other work for whoever that you like, you know, the Robin Hood method. So I think, yeah, niching is the single greatest thing that's overlooked and it's the most important thing. You know, every coaching program ever starts off with Avatar. And everyone goes, I've done this. And then like their messaging is still wrong. It's always back to messaging. Even coaches that I know that are doing eight, nine figures still just work on their messaging all the time because that's, that's, that is that's like the holy grail. Like if someone says to you, I coach 35-year-old males from the United Kingdom who are devilishly handsome and good-looking, to do this super specific thing that I'm looking to do right now. I know it's for me. I'm like, that's definitely going to help. And the psychological, uh, <laughs> do you like that? The psychological, um, the psychological part there, as soon as you tell somebody how they're feeling and what their problems are, they immediately associate you with the solution. Yep. So it, it helps you with every single part of the process. Yeah. What about language? I like your term fit finding. Once you've figured out who it is and what their values are in particular, what it is that they want to accomplish, what it is that's important to them. Because there are some people like, you know what, I want to accomplish X, Y, Z, but not if I have to do one, two, and three, because that's counter to my values or whatever, right? And when you know what their values are, for me, it becomes much easier to speak their language because when I'm when I'm doing my marketing, and again, I'll use our quotes around marketing, when I'm when I'm spreading my message, when I'm having my conversation, when I'm telling people who I help and what I help them do, I can do it in a way that means something to them, right? I don't necessarily have to say 35-year-old devilishly handsome men in the UK. I can say, you know, if, if well, if you're a 35-year-old devilishly handsome, so how, I can talk about how it's just a giant headache to have to fight off all of these suitors and admirers that are constantly throwing themselves at your feet and make it impossible to walk down the street because I know that that's a problem for you. And I can do it in words that have meaning for you as opposed to other people. Yeah. So linking them back to messaging, right? If you, if there's a piece of copy that says, I see so many, and that's a famous ad line. I see so many 35 year old males who have this problem straight away. It's target audience. It's kind of all for copy. It's not quite saying men of the UK at the top of the ad, which is horrible, but it, it still pulls them in and then talk to the actual problem. So many coaches I see, I help whoever to get whatever versus people don't buy promises people 
by problem solving solutions. Mm-hmm. So uh, I help coaches to run group coaching programs using paid ads. And I don't always say it in that particular way, but the next part I always add without, yep. without the pain and stress of organic, <laughs> without consistent launching all the time. Because straight away, someone who has that experience, when I talk to coach, right, I go coaches, so what we're calling out the target audience with paid traffic. So they may or may not know what that is. And then secondly, the third thing, without, without paying full <laughs> slow organic, without launches, they probably have heard or tried to do one of those things. Yep. So straight away, I kind of cut through the sort of the get this thing, like get the thing without the painful part within a time frame. And that's where then when it seems you have a time frame, right? Within six weeks, right? We launch our programs, we do a challenge, we launch the people that like are on new clients, like we onboard them through the whole process. So it's super hard for them at like at the end for them to say no, because it's ready to go. So why would you want to t- like build the whole thing for a free process for a like our challenge and, and business intensive and then not do it? So it's like psychologically, instead of like telling someone how you can help them, show them how you can help them and be solid behind the promise. Like we do it in 90 days or we do it in a week or we do it in whatever. Because when you start making claims like that, you actually, you know, there's got to be some substance behind it. And I think that's where coaches are starting out. They don't stand behind some of their, their ability and skill set because it's still, whether they are trying to figure it out or not, I think it's important to, you know, realize that you can help people and mm-hmm. listen to the people you've helped and take from their words to help others. Yep. And I think I... Th- I don't know how much of that is, you know, like you say, the new coaches or the the coaches who haven't yet hit six figures, they they have trouble with the idea of committing to a committing to a specific end, especially within a specific time period, because like, well, I can help anyone, and what I do for them depends on what they need and whatever. And then try if you say, listen, I can get you ten thousand dollars of bottom line profit per month within ninety days. Now you've got to deliver, and now you have a thing where people can measure you. Right? Like, well, this is what you said you would do. This is how long you said it would take. Did you do it or not? And I, I wonder if coaches who are in that. I, actually, I don't wonder. <laughs> I know that there are at least some coaches who are in that spot that shy away from that because they're not sure they could do it. Yeah, I completely agree. I think when you say six figures, like everyone's brain just shuts off now. Yep. Six figures, seven figures, because everyone's like, yeah, but everyone's marketing says this, right? Yep. Get six figures, get eight figures. Like, it's like, what's the actual person who's struggling with what issue? Like, there's coaches that might be doing six figures. Six figures are a very broad range, mm-hmm. right? It six is. figures a month, six figures a year, six figures a year. And obviously, you can you know, say a lot of different things about business. And I think when you look at the coach who's doing the six figures or trying to get to the six figures, they're all in such different places. And therefore, I think the marketing that they're listening to in the marketplace is confusing using them yep. and therefore they, they've got emotional uncertainty so like when we do our process i'm sure yours is similar we're trying to remove all the emotion from it so you know talk, like we talk about avatar and niche we talk about let's just date them it's not marry this not forever we're just going to write down three quickly yep. on this piece of paper and then we're just going to choose one and they're like all right that's just a game right it's just it's a free challenge it's a game whatever yeah the next minute they've, they've worked it all out you know, put the next things down, how we do the models and the triangles. They've built a program without even meaning to. And then the fanatics launch, and they're like, oh, I've done it all. Because they're not emotionally detached. Whereas you tell somebody, this is going to be your everything. You spent all this time getting qualified as a coach. This has to be the, the, the thing that makes you successful. Yep. They never, ever do it. They procrastinate. They overanalyze. They change the words on the website 19 times before they even look at it themselves. Yeah, it's wild. I mean, I've, I've kind of been there before, you know, being a perfectionist, like, oh, the color's not exactly that exact text. Mm-hmm. Now I've realized that's the development of this MVP method, minimal viable product launch. 
just anything anything will do and people might be listening to this thinking anything will do whatever just because you've you've quote made it it does it's the case anything will do because people barely listen and read the stuff anyway you just need to get it launched and then all the rest comes so so much easier because you see the marketplace responding you can actually make educated and rational decisions based on what's actually happened not a bunch of hypotheses that disprove and proved over and over again in your car at home. Yep. <laughs> yeah. It's yeah. It's amazing how many how many theories you can disprove in your own head or prove in your own head. I, I want to go into a little bit like this concept of you know especially a lot of my listeners they're the coaches that they want to be the coach right they're not necessarily interested in just removing themselves and building this giant empire where they never see a client like there's plenty plenty of folks that want to build a giant empire. Right. That's great. But they want to, in their heads, it's more like they're Tony Robbins. They're in the middle of the stage and everyone loves them or, or, or whatever. They're actually get to get to interact with their clients. And I, I feel like when you have that, you're in that mode, when you have that as your, as your goal, you like to be the one who interacts with the clients. You want to be the one helping to, to create transformation. There's a lot, of, it's really easy to take on board the expression or the, the saying that your passion, you should be passionate about your work, that you know, um, and if it's your passion, then the idea of what anything will work, what seems to, it causes some anxiety. It causes some, some, uh, some pushback mentally, at least. How do you, how do you combine those two things? When you've got somebody who's like, this is what I do. I love working with my clients. I will never not work with clients. Um, and I love my particular type of client and what I do for them. How can you take that and still go with and, and apply the idea of anything I'll do or not necessarily anything I'll do, but removing some of that emotion so that you can be more successful? Yeah, I think it's good to reframe like anything I'll do is like to launch. This is not the finished article. This is not the end goal. This is right. like something, something's running. Therefore, we can quickly change it and iterate it because it's live. Because yeah. how many times have you read something, spell checked it, sent, send on the email and gone, oh my gosh, that's a massive mistake. It's like you can look at things until you're blue in the face until your frame's been changed. You then realize what you've said or thought was going to work or say is not right. Yeah. Same thing. I think uh, it's a good point about the anxiety. I think the model, I think the biggest thing that came to mind when you said all that was the model from. So I think a few things came across. Like I draw a triangle, there's four, there's four, like I draw it into four, um, like lengthways, and say there's, there's bleeding. Uh, there's bleeding, there's slipping, there's stable, and there's you know killing it, five at the top. I mean, looking at an audience, you have to, I think, look, think about your messaging to where are they at in their journey. Mm -hmm. I think this is then into model. So if you help business owners, for example, I help coaches, business coaches who are not just starting out now, like they've got something, they've got basically they've got all the puzzle pieces. Mm -hmm. They're not slipping, they are stable, but they wanna they want to move above. Right. So they are not in panic mode. They're not trying to save their business and pay their bills at the end of the month. They are in a good place, but they want to be better. They're either full or, you know, in the full and trying to leverage go to group. They are, in, they are, as I say, they've got all the puzzle pieces. They don't realize they've got nearly all of them, but they've got, you know, got something, but they can't put it in the order. And I think this is important because the program style for these kind of, this kind of avatar is <clears throat> education. Mm -hmm. implementation education implementation so this creates a lot of leverage therefore for this coach that you're discussing who wants to be the coach the training material usually is quite similar because all the people you coach if they are in the same niche like we talked about how many times you repeat yourself over and over again right like, yep. so when you put the, uh, the same person into the program most of them need the same stuff right so you have the planet which is the big idea within inside the module Mm -hmm. And then you have satellites, which is a smaller idea. And then you have like the little FAQs and like the individual questions that not everyone needs, but everyone might ask a different one. So there's 
education, teach. Then there's templates. And there's, you're not always relevant, but there's worksheets, templates, and there's tweak, which is the implementation. Because education is everywhere. Yep. Actually apl- applying it to get it to work is where the coaching comes in. So I think it's just the mental shift of the coach. So the training is, you know, not generic, but the training is teach. Yep. And then the ed- implementation is coach. And then once that training sort of an education part is done of your program, of course, you're always going to develop. Most of the time, you just implement with people. So you just end up coaching people. So everyone's going through that part and then you just implement with people. So the model then gives freedom because all you can do <clears throat> is spend time creating content for the clients that you've got. That content that you create for your clients that you've got creates the marketing content to go across your social media platforms into your free group, onto your email list with no extra work. Yep. And then your small mark, like your small content pieces are created for the same thing. So actually creating a system means that you can be the coach, you can post all the content, maybe you have the help from one VA, maybe not, <clears throat> but you don't need lots of people because it's a simple framework of train, implement, and when you produce content for your month, you just do one thing that gets split a million ways, providing you know what the system is. And that's what I think most people don't have. They don't have got no idea. So they're writing a Facebook post, writing an email, writing this, making content, doing it. And they're like, oh my gosh, it's still such a mess. How would I ever get away from this? It's like, no, just step back and look at it a different way. Yeah. But fundamentally, it sounds like you're you're talking about um, just the concept of, hey, you know what? It's okay to share your share your secret sauce. It's okay to share the stuff that your clients are paying for. You can absolutely take bits and pieces of that, put it out there in the marketing world. And it shows people, this is how you teach. This is, this is where you stand on things. This is how you approach things. And that will attract the people who are interested in more of it. Absolutely. Like I could literally give all of my best stuff on this podcast right now to you and you might be, you'd be able to figure it out, but everybody listening apart from 0.1% would be able to do anything with it. They'd be like, Ah, it sounds awesome. Turn around to the computer and go, how do I do that? (laughs) Yep. (laughs) So you can give all the how with none of, like you can give all the know-how without any of the how. So people are just stuck. But what I've really done just by that little spiel I've just given you, I obviously, I've shown I know what I'm talking about. Mm -hmm. And obviously so do you. And that's where then people build trust and credibility and content. And that's where they're like, that's intriguing because I can't, I want to, that sounded good. How do I get me some of that? Yeah. You can't do it on your you can't do it on your own. I think that's what the coaches they think if they give away their best stuff for free, they won't get any clients. It's like no, nah, because you give away the best stuff that can connects to the actual audience, and they can't do it anyway. And like you said, the zero point one percent or whatever it is that can, great, let them run with it. They're not your clients anyway, because they're the ones who are going to go find your stuff and just implement anyway, and they don't feel like they need a coach. So I don't worry about losing those those folks. I want to go back to the idea that when you give away your best stuff. You don't have to, I feel like you don't have to worry about, well, what, what parts of this should I hold back? What parts of this should I not share? Um, I, I think like, don't dump your entire, well, here's my module one workbook out into the world and say, here, take it everybody. Unless module one, if they do all the work in the module one workbook, all it does is prepare them for module two. And then they need your help for that. I mean, sure. But do you sit there when you're building content for your clients? Do you sit there and go, well, which parts of this am I not allowed to share with the world? No, like I'm sure people do, and there's probably an argument to that, but no, we run five day challenges. And I always say to people, it's all killer, no filler. And it, I mean it because mm-hmm. we do have worksheets, we have training videos, we do live workshopping with people. People just like they, they, by the end of the by the end of the, the challenge, they've got a, a funnel set up, they've got a, a pretty much good program ready to go, and they all they want is all the rest of the stuff. So even if because they've got had you know, a snack of some of the stuff, even if, even if, it, even if it was the full module book and everything else, it, it, it almost is. Mm-hmm. Because what we do is, you know, 
we say, this is our 12-month program to help the coaches do X, Y, and Z. We've taken some of the best bits and put it into the first week. So we're like on-ramping, on-ramping you into the program. So that if at the end of the week you want to come on, great. If you don't, no worries. So they see how we work, how we coach, all of it. So then mm. we don't really want to hold anything back because that would then show our program has holes, which it obviously doesn't. So and I think people just build that credibility and trust with you because they really know that you know what you're doing because it just it's just killer stuff. There's no like, well, oh, it's just all the good stuff. And then they still can't do it anyway because there's so many more pieces to go. And and why would you want it? Why would you just want to pay someone to get immediately quick results when especially when they're financial? It makes no sense to do to do that. So it by all means not they can knock themselves out and try, but they won't get it to work as fast as the other guys. You know, people are just steam past them. Yeah. Whether that's you know revenue, whether that's just like getting their time and life back, which I know a lot of coaches you know trying to do with a lifestyle business and help people. Mm-hmm. I think that's super important. Like, what's your goal? Do you want to become an eight figure coach, or do you just want to you know be 30, 40 grand a month consistently with great clients that help that turn up that you like to work with and you have a great business? Yep, absolutely. So, what is the biggest like you talk about help with group programs, launching group programs? And, and then filling them with uh, paid traffic. When is that the right model? Is that, should you like day one, hey, I've got my coaching certificate. You know what I'm going to do? I want to start a group program. I want to start paid ads, running people into this group program and like day one, or is it a thing that you wait until you've been, you've built it up, you've done a bunch of one-to-one or maybe small group stuff. You've made it to six figures, you're tired and stressed out and now you need something else to do. Is it yes to both? Or when is, when's the right time to do group programs and, and paid traffic to them? Definitely when you're maxed out and you're like, you're running around like a blue ass fly. I think it's easier to sell group coaching programs than paid ads when from beginning for nothing than it is to do one-to-one for ages. There's the argument, as you said before, to, to practice your craft. Mm-hmm. But I think you I think people know. I just think they don't know that they know what they actually do and who they help. Because as soon as you start asking them questions like we do, they suddenly have an avatar, they suddenly know what they're gonna do, and they suddenly got something. And again, as I say, once you've learned the framework of how to actually launch a group coaching program mm-hmm. and do it what I've just suggested, you can do it for anything. So once you've learned a bit more about, you know, coach, once you've coached a few of these people and you've run a few of these things, but you have made sums of money, like significant sums of money, yeah, it's much easier to sit back and go, you know what? I think that I really prefer these kind of people versus these people. And of course, just launch the formula again. <laughs> like when you're a one-to-one coach, it takes absolute ages to organic design clients. You've got no authority. You've got no idea what you're doing. And then you lose confidence, I think, which is actually counterproductive. I think if you turned up fresh, knew nothing, about sort of sales marketing business, but you had just done a, as you say, coaching certificate. And I said, right, let's just run through these worksheets, right? Whack some stuff down here, whack this there, launch that. You'd be speaking to prospects within like a day because the ads would like go live and you'd just be chatting with them, whether that's through social media platforms and messaging or email or you know, booking some short call. And I think the amount you'd learn fast would be, well, wait, I don't think, I know for a fact, the amount you'd learn so much, so much compared to sitting and talking on organically, you know, outreach and especially bear in mind this person's coach doesn't know who they really help how they really help them how you have an organic conversation you're just going to be talking talking to people like, like a person at the coffee shop who tells everybody they've got qualified you're like that is not going to work and not as fast <laughs> as if you just if you just run ads and say you know say you'll see what we'd say to people just to bring them into your world warm them up and then you know talk about how you help them as i said before that fit finder just bringing like even remotely qualified people in is such a different conversation how many times you had a DM from somebody saying, hey, buy my thing. You're like, oh, yeah. <laughs> Versus yeah. like, you know, so, someone after someone sending you something of value or at least starting a conversation, offering you something of value, you know, and then having a conversation and see where it leads. So 
I think, yeah, to your you know, to your original question, I think definitely if you're, you know, maxed out and you're like, ah, but even if you're just starting out, I'd be like, There's, there is the better way to do it than, than what people talk about. The reason people talk about organic and all that stuff is because they want it to be like, they want you to buy, buy their program and not think you have to spend loads of money on ads. You don't have to spend loads of money on ads. You know, we're not talking about running massive, massive campaigns. We're just talking about trickles of consistent, predictable leads. That's it. Mm-hmm. Not stupid campaigns. Yeah. Let's say you took a coach who is they've let's say they've got a year or two under their belt. They've they've gone through this struggle. They've made a little bit of money. Um, they've had a few clients here and there. And they're like, you know what? I I'm done struggling and trying to figure this thing out. I wanna Ben said some great stuff. I, I like what I hear. I want to get started. What kind of a budget would they need to set themselves up with or prepare for um, or borrow from their parents or whatever it is that they need to do to be able to go? How much money are the, do you think they need to set aside and go, this is what I'm going to use to make this happen without feeling like this is my last thousand dollars if I don't make like if, if you're at that point where this is your last thousand dollars and you have to make this work, this is not for you. There's there's other things you need to be focusing on. But if they've got some money and they're looking at what do I do to make this next leap and go down this path? what what kind of investment are they are do they need to be ready for, regardless of who they work with? I think there is there's no probably one answer of a number. I think if you reframe the question, you've got Shark Tank. How much do people go and remortgage their house to mm-hmm. do this crazy product idea? They're prepared to put all that money in because they know that once they get it, which they believe they will, it's gonna fly. Mm-hmm. I think if you look at coaching model, it's completely highly leveraged in the sense of you know, once it works, you can produce outrageous outrageous sums of money, like very simply, when you have a process. So I think it's, the investment should be looked at for the, versus the return, not just put X in now yeah. and keep putting X in. So I think people should shift their mindset to like spending money. It's an investment like you would into a traditional business, like we said before. But as you say, it's not something you do if you had your last thousand. But I think it's something you have to get a system. You have to have somebody who knows how to do it. And you, you are looking for somebody who's done it before so you can get that far result. You do have to spend money on ads. And there is always testing. I think the word marketing is just a, a, a big word for um, test. Yep. And I think if you're new, there's going to be obviously more testing. You could also hit the bat straight out of the park, but unlikely. I think that, you know, bearing in mind, I've, you know, you're probably saying people come and do, they've spent uh, so much money on coaching programs when, I've, when they come across me. Um, and it's like, what did you buy that for? <laughs> like they've tried... <laughs> Two thousand dollars with that guy, a twenty-seven tripwire there. They spent ten thousand dollars there. Thirty. They didn't really buy, They didn't want really know what they were buying, and they weren't buying a specific outcome. They just were just like wanting to get into the world. Mm-hmm. I think you do have to buy a specific outcome. I really think you need five to ten thousand to be honest, because you've got then a breathing space because you have to pay for software because you don't want to be like doing it all yourself. You know, some software you need someone to help you and to just tell you this process, and you need a bit of money for like ads and just. Sometimes there's like software that makes other software talk to each other, which costs a bit of like a few few dollars. Yep. And sometimes I work with people are like, this is outrageous. You never told me about the software cost. It's like, okay, so you thought that you were going to have a $100,000 a month coaching business uh, like without spending any money on anything. No, of course not. So yeah, I think investment's an interesting question. I think people should look at the return they're looking to get. Mm-hmm. But I'm against the whole learn as you go. I think it, it kills people's confidence. I think... You want to jump above and like you know get get invest something like I said with those newbies to actually get somewhere. Yeah. So they learn so much and then they can carry on going. So yeah, between five and ten thousand is the short answer to the very long winded answer that I gave you. No, that's cool. It's, it, and I think I think both answers were good. I think the five to ten thousand is a good figure to keep in your head. Like, here's my goal. I got to put. I want to put five ten thousand dollars away in my account or 
have have access to this is how much money I need to have to get this thing started and understanding that it's going to be more as you go along but that 5 to 10,000 should at least get it moving start start the clients coming in and you know if you're doing it right that might create enough money to keep the next thing going. Um, don't quit your day job or don't quit coaching your one-to-one clients if that's your primary form of income. But if once you've got that five, 10, I'd probably lean towards the 10 just to give yourself that breathing space. Once you've got that $10,000 set aside, then go, okay, I'm ready to dive in, You know, find yourself a Ben Edwards or you know the right person to help you jump ahead and do it right the first time. Does that mean it's going to be perfect? No, absolutely not. But to go back to your when you had said earlier, one of the the metaphors that I hear a lot is the most technologically advanced targeting missile, like anti-aircraft targeting missile, is great. It can change course a million times between launch and hitting the target, but it can't do a thing until you actually press the button and launch it. Right? It, it can't adjust course until it's in the air. Um, and I think that's true with Absolutely. your business. Absolutely. That's why I said that, that statement is about just getting it out of the door. Because as, you know, as soon as something goes live, you, you immediately iterate. As soon as you get a conversation with, with a prospect, you're like, ah, I shouldn't have said that because that didn't make sense. Cool, let's change it. Whereas again, back to what we said about hypothesizing, you're not going to get anywhere just hypothesizing. You know, you go, oh, I might look stupid. It's like, you might look stupid, you might get rich, but one of them's definitely got the likelihood of getting rich. So which one do you want to choose? Yep. And you're right about the 10,000. I would lean towards more 10,000, I think. One of the things we do, we work that thing like you said about the um, perception of value and likelihood of outcome. We say to people, we work with you for the first three months. And if we don't get to that financial goal, then you can just walk away or we will um, work with you until you do. Again, the caveat is they have to be qualified. So we don't let any newbie come along and work with them forever. Like that's not the case. If you're smart and been doing it a while and this, you just can't get it in the order, we're like we're confident to stand out and go, oh, we know it's going to work. Because again, not to make too strong a promise here, but I just get involved. I like it. I like to find out why it's not working. If the person's qualified, I believe anyone can make it work with the right system. And I think I'm on a mission to prove that point that it's just the they don't have to be a marketing person because there's marketing people around to do that. They should be a good coach and be willing and able to listen. And you know, as long as they are that, then it's uh, it's on you know it's on the table for success. So where's the line between get it out the door and iterate on the way versus learning as you go? Like where's where's the difference? Because you're not a fan of learning as you go, but you are a big believer in iterating. Get get it launched and iterate it as you go along. I'm a marketing person. It's got a complete not a contradiction, which everyone suits the uh, the argument right now. <laughs> uh, so, so you're good. It's a good point. Um, the reason I say don't like learn as you go because the, what people say is they call on something, they, they learn a load, and they go, "I'm going to try out on my own, and then I'm going to take the stuff you've taught me, I'm going to try out on my own, and see how I get on." And gotcha. the moment they say that, you think, and you don't think, you know, they are going to think my advice is terrible because it will not work. Is it because my advice is not good or because they don't know how to execute it? And that's where they're against the learning as you go, because I think people will try something they've heard and go, no, it doesn't work. Whereas if they actually implemented it correctly, it will work because it, these things do work. Hmm. That sort of the launch and then iterate. I think you have to have it like to a point where it likes what's called minimal viable. If someone when 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 we create tech apps and stuff in the different sort of line of my career, we don't make the whole thing, but we also don't make just something that looks good and doesn't do anything. Because then this is another good triangle for you. You love a triangle. There's uh, it's probably not going to make sense in audio too much, but I'll try. When people design an app, mm-hmm. people can obviously understand apps. A lot of designers make MVPs, minimal viable products, and they just make like half a feature across all the features they're going to have on the app. So when you test it, nothing actually really works very well, right? You know, it doesn't actually right. take you from, what is this app for? This app, you know, Uber, press the button, you get a cab. 
There's all the other things it does now, but the initial thing, you press a button, you get a cab. Okay. Now, other apps, they, when they test them, they, they make all the different features work a little bit. So you can half tag with your friend, but it doesn't quite work. And but then no one gets the actual full experience of that feature. So what's better to do is go, what's the A to B point? Well, if we want to get a cab, press the button. Right, let's make that work completely. Once that works completely, then you can build the rest of the stuff. But the actual test is the minimal viable part. So back to your question, I think, when looking at launching something and getting out the door, you have to make sure it will actually do the job, minimal viable. Of course, you'd like to have more bells and whistles on it, but it does have to solve the problem. I don't think you can just like wax and half thought out, rubbish out, that's not going to work. I don't think that's, that's the point. I think it's what's the least I can do to get this result versus... Let me just put as much in as possible to overwhelm with value. That's what coaches do, right? They put as much right. stuff in as possible because then it will make sense why I can charge the price point. But really, the clients don't want all the extra waffle. They just want, how do I get this result as fast as possible with the least, least amount of pain and they pay for it. Absolutely. I had a thought while you were talking about the learning as you go portion of it. And what occurred to me was the idea that you can learn as you go, but only learn one thing. So... If you if if you say okay Joss here's here's everything that that I teach about how to do this and I go okay cool I've never done this before I'm going to take what you've given me and I'm going to go out and I'm going to try it on my own I'm trying to learn two things a I'm trying to learn how to actually implement what you've given me and b I'm trying to learn how to learn from my experience because I don't know what I don't know I don't know. I, I I implement X and or say I implement a, a certain ad technique and I get a result. No one shows up. I don't know enough to know if that was because my copy was wrong, because I used the wrong picture, uh, because I picked the wrong targeting with with Google ads or, or Facebook ads. Like there's 12 different things that could have caused this result. I don't know enough to know how to learn just by looking at that one result. What went wrong, what I need to get better at, what I need to change. Whereas you could look at it and go, oh, well, it's either A or B, try try A, okay? It's, it wasn't A, it was B, try B and then it, and it works. So there might be some, you know, learning as you go that way, but you know how to help me learn quickly. Whereas you say it's either A or B and I'm sitting here looking, well, it could be A through Z and I don't know which one it is, you know? So I, I think that's kind of like in my head, that was sort of the, it's, there's a difference between if you know how to learn, if you know enough that you know how to assess the information that you're going to get from trying and failing, then sure, do that. That's that's what iteration is. But if you don't yet know enough to understand what the information you're getting back from what you're trying to do is telling you, I think learning as you go is a, is a giant recipe for burning a ton of time and, and frustration that you don't need to, or just failing outright. I completely agree. And then to give a really good example of that, let's think of like either kids sort of um, toy making or, or even just a, a supermarket. You go into a supermarket, I just think the one I came to immediately to one like Build-A-Bear. You go to Build-A-Bear, they give you an unstuffed teddy mm-hmm. and they say, there's instructions, go. Obviously, because you pay quite a lot of money, you, you probably will do it and carry on. But if, it was, if that was a supermarket, you would probably just like buy half, like half the things you wanted because you didn't really want to look around and leave. Mm-hmm. But if someone comes up to you and says, hey, these are the steps, 
let me come with you and show you the thing all the way through. Hold your hand through the whole process. What's the likelihood of the success on that version versus the first one? Obviously significantly higher. Yep. And then the second time that person comes back, they don't need to be walked around the shop again because you've been showed this lovely tour. Like join a gym, same thing. Join the gym, you come for the first in- in- intake. Intake the difference in a gym in the gym world between the first time someone comes and after their sixth personal training session when the package ends, the retention rate is exponentially different just because they've had six sessions versus one. Yep. Because now they feel confident to come to the gym on their own. So this is the same with coaching programs. If you just buy a do-it-yourself, you log in once, never really look at the videos because you get the stock somewhere. Don't have anyone to ask. You forget about it. Do it Do it done for you. You pay quite a lot of money for someone who's probably blagging you anyway because if anyone knows how to do it, they're not going to do it all for you for a limited amount of money because why would they? We don't. Right. The done, the done with you is exactly what it says. But I think people say done with you and don't actually do it with them. They go, here's the videos, see ya. <laughs> Versus actually... Like when we say like get it out the door, look or learn as you go, we help like we literally the, the worksheets, the program literally takes away the emotion. So just fill this, just put these words into this piece of paper. Let's just guess, put some words in. As you go along the next piece of paper, suddenly the words on the first piece of quote paper go into the landing page. Suddenly there's a thank you page. Suddenly it's a calendar. Suddenly it's content. And you're like, I'm gonna have built this whole thing. And they don't realize they've what they've built because we've been through it with them all. Then when it's launched, because they've done it quote once, even with help. Their confidence level is so much mm-hmm. higher. Therefore, their belief in the fact it's going to work is then way higher, which then when they go back through it again, they then, as you say, learn. They, they learn through doing. They probably couldn't do it on their own the second time, but their confidence level to have a go is yeah. way higher. Yeah. So then you, you, know, you leave someone on their own, you're actually going to do something. So as you say, the next time they go through iterating, they're not really actually iterating. They are learning the process, but you know, they've already actually made some money, which is usually changes people's psychology. <laughs> yep, absolutely. Once you, once you've had any sort of su- level of success, you realize, oh, I can do this. Even if you even if you have failures along the way, you still have that knowledge in your head. I've done this before, or I've done something similar to this before. And once you know you've done it before, you know it's possible to do it again. Absolutely, and that's my whole point with all of what I teach now is once you've done it once, as you absolutely correctly said, you'll know you can do it again. And if I help you almost 98% and do all of it for you, because it's actually so easy to do. Again, just speaking from experience and motion, because we're good at this thing, I've refined it over you know, a long period of time now. And the, the, then when people go through it again, they, they do do it because they actually have done it before, even if most of the time us and the team have helped them to get there. They, they leave because they've done it and they've seen it. Yeah, that whole... I'll see it when I, I believe it when I see it. They've actually seen it. Yep. Yep. Well, and it sounds like you do a little bit of Mr. Miyagi with them in that you're like, okay, fill this out. And it's okay. Wax on wax off. All I'm doing is doing, I'm turning this, you know, one hand to the right, one hand to the left. What is that? And then you start throwing punches and you realize that you're blocking and like, Oh, okay. I do know. I, I do know how to, how to block a punch. And, and it's like, you're saying, Hey, fill out page one. You just put some words in this box and then they turn around and you're like, and, and like, why am I doing this? Well, they've done it. You're like, well, here's your landing page. This, this piece of paper you just filled out, there's everything you needed to, to create a landing page. You're like, oh, wow. Okay, cool. Now I understand the concept. Now I understand why. And instead of staring at a blank screen or a blank sheet of paper or paying a bunch of money for a landing page builder and looking at all of these options and going, I don't know. It's like, yeah, I can slap a, the drag and drops. Here's a picture. Here's a thing. Here's another thing. I can put these things in here, but I don't understand what I'm doing or why, or why does this picture should or shouldn't go here or why this button should say, uh, pick me versus learn more or or whatever. Whereas if they've worked with you the one time, they've filled out the information and you've said, well, this leads to this, this leads to this, and this is why these things work. Now they understand the concept behind it. So even if they go out and do it again on their own, they spend the money for a a landing page builder and they see the options like, oh, okay, cool. When I was working with Ben, 
we didn't use these names or these words or these things because he told me this is what I'm trying to accomplish. So, right, they can make better choices if nothing else. Absolutely. I think, and that's what I think it's about. That's interesting. Makes me, I never thought of that. I might put that into some marketing copy because you can put the words in. The words are like half wrong until then you show them the next part and they go, oh, no, I'll just change that to that then. But you yep. didn't say, if you said to them, hey, write your landing page, they'd all have a, an emotional heart attack and be like, ah. What did I say? So tell me the three big frustrations that your client has. And they're like, mm, this, this, this. What's yep. the opposite of that? This. And then what are the things you need to do? This, this, and this. Okay, let's get those words you just said and make them sound like somebody wants them, not like the coaching language. Let's make them sound so cool and yep. intellectual property-like. And then suddenly they've got this really cool thing. They're like, huh, I didn't even know what I was doing. Like, I just said some words that you and like, yep, that's what. And then as you say, they actually learn like the processes, get word, change word this way. And they're like, they can do it for anything then. Yep, absolutely. Once you learn a skill set, that drove I was that kid that drove my math teachers nuts in school because I realized very early on that changing the numbers didn't matter. Like once you knew the formula, right, that X plus Y equals Z or whatever it was, once you knew that and had it out, it didn't matter what the numbers were. Any the, a teacher could I'd be I I was a jerk. I'd be reading books in class, right? Not paying attention at all. And the math teacher would be like, you know, they try he'd try to catch you out. Just what does it say? What's the next step on the project? You know, because he's writing the, the problem on the board. And I'd look up and I'd go, oh, well, it's, you know, 42 or whatever and drive him nuts because it's exactly what you're saying. Once you've learned the formula, once you've learned the skill set, you can apply it to anywhere that it applies. So you've learned how to say, okay, I help X get Y by doing one, two, and three. And then you say, well, you know what? I don't actually want to work with X anymore. I want to work with with the group uh, group B. Then it's I help B get F by doing five, six, seven. Like, and and I mean that is a stupidly basic breakdown of it, and and probably made no sense. But the concept is once you know how to apply this particular skill set, if you've got the wrong target market, like six months or a year down the road, you're like, you know, I'm bored working with people. You don't have to go learn a whole brand new skill set. You just ask yourself the question, okay, well, this new group that I'm wanting to work with, what are some of their frustrations? What are the opposite of those things? What are those, get those words down. Great. How do I wordsmith that a little bit? So it sounds, it speaks more to their language, their values, et cetera. Great. Now I have these things. I know how to plug them in here to this and that and that push the button and go. It's going to take you a lot less time to get something else launched and out the door and have it, you're much more likely for it to be successful and profitable when you've done it once before, once you know and you understand the basics of, of why things work. Absolutely. It's really interesting you said about the maths example. I was the kid who, once someone put an arm around my shoulder and made me believe I could do it, mm-hmm. I, I could do it. So if someone told me they thought I could fly and they, they'd show me how I could do it, I'd be after it. And yeah. it's the same thing like with this. I, I work the same way with people where it's like, I, I, it's the belief. It's always the confidence and the belief of being able to execute it. And then people are off because the smartest people, you know, sometimes you've got the biggest, you know, fear of failure because yeah. they are smart and they've always had life, you know, you know, in different, you know, different situations. I think that's a, a really interesting thing. You start looking at coaches. They don't do enough, especially you know, beginner coaches, they don't do enough actual personal development, ironically themselves, into like what is their hold up. And again, it's come, it's easier when you're making tons of money to, to go and look for the answer and stuff yeah. because when you're making money, it's easy to go, okay, how do I get better? When you're stressed about, you know, paycheck to paycheck or however people live like that, it is a completely different mindset, isn't it? Scarcity and it's, just, it's different. I think that's the thing, right? It's trying to get to that, you know, get to that baseline, make that baseline consistent, predictable and scalable. 
mm-hmm. whether you want to scale or not. And then, like, how do I become better as a person, as a, as a partner, as a parent, as a business owner, uh, as a, you know, whatever? I think that's really what we're all chasing. But I think people you know, don't prioritize that, and they should. And I think that's really like where coaching programs really come to their own because a lot of people sell how to make a dollar, yeah. and either they've never made a dollar themselves. Um, or they've never done the work. Like I've had a successful coaching business in terms of actual coaching with like an actual NLP practitioner yep. actually actually coaching people and know how to make money from a coaching business and run how to make money from a coaching business. So I can have conversations that go from you know marketing and sales, what I'm kind of talking about, all the way into like actual coaching, which is mm-hmm. like the actual the nuances and the actual thing. I yep. think I think those people like how does like, how does the question to, to think about how does you know someone listen to your podcast? How do they know? How do they know that we actually know what we're talking about until they yeah. listen to us versus a different ad that says, hey, I'll help you run your coaching business. They're like, what's the difference between that guy and that guy? It's like, they don't know that we've got this knowledge because other person could have won, done one course themselves, recreated the content and smashed it out, which definitely happens. Yep, absolutely. Oh, the, <laughs> there's an entire industry built around, hey, just take my stuff, pay me 10 grand and I'll give you the templates and I'll give you everything. And you just go put your name on it. You go out and sell it for 10 grand a pop and you too can be making it. It's a giant pyramid scheme. That whole, whole industry is out there. And that's the ones that do it on purpose. And then you've got the thousands of people who take one coat, one, you know, one course from a Tony Robbins or from a traffic and funnels or from like any of the, you know, any of those groups that are out there, they're like, they take one course, they invest their 5,000 or 10,000 bucks and they just screenshot everything and, and record everything and then just rewrite stuff and, and just repackage it. And, and they say, hey, I'm a coach now. It's like, well, no, but until, hey. it, does, until, it, does, until it doesn't work. And they, oh, yeah. and, and, and to be honest, right. Sometimes that does work. I will tell the secret. However, when something like I always say this, like you can get things to work, and so on, you know, it's like definitely in sport. Like I used to be a firefighter, and technically, like some of the things to do mm-hmm. are like anyone could just turn up and stand and do like the physical action. But it's knowing what to do at what moment to do it, and then what if it doesn't go to plan? Mm-hmm. Exactly, because that's that's a hot obviously the significant consequences in that situation that I just mentioned there. But with business, it's the same in terms of like, no, not in terms of you're going to lose your life, hopefully. But in terms of when it, when it doesn't work, then what? Yep. And like, I, I listen to this a lot, like mentors and, and things. People think that being a number one in a business, like the, the actual chief on show is like the, the best seat. And I've heard quite a lot of people who get to the top and say, number two is the best thing because you get to take all the accolades, you get to take all the praise <laughs> of the successful operation. But when the whole thing's on fire, you still get to turn around and go, now what? Yep. And yep. when you're the number one, there's no one else to talk to. And that's, I think, what scares people. But yep. that's why having good networking coaches around you, like, you know, you become some average of the five people you surround yourself with. And that's so important to be in, you know, in groups where there's other people like you and people who are far past where you are and people just a little bit past where you are. Yep. And just people a little bit behind you so that you can see where you really are at and get the help to get to the next thing and see that the big thing is still down the road to for you as well. Absolutely. So important to have that that person and especially if you're running your own business especially if especially if you're the coach right being able to have somebody that you can turn over your shoulder to and go what do i do now what does this look like being a coach is to a certain extent being a professional number two right we're always here to to be that sounding board to be that and like i can't necessarily <laughs> you might come to me with a problem I'm like i have never experienced that before i'm not entirely sure but let's talk through it let's figure it out and let's let's get you where you need to go um and then we see our clients be super successful and we're like yeah that's cool that's, and that's exactly that's exactly it i think 
because I remember speaking to you before, and the listeners not going to have this you know, that conversation to listen to, but we had the conversation about exactly that, and it gave me the inspiration push to go and do something, which I did. Cool. So exactly what you just said, you've become a professional number two. And again, like right shows, like another another expert I talk to, and you go, ah, I could do something with that. You just kind of, I don't even know what you said. Like you just gave me permission to just just go do it. Yeah. And um, just what you said there, I called it coaching CEO. So just like that sounding board, it's not a coaching program. Obviously, we have that. We have all that stuff that we've already talked about. But the coaches CEO thing is, is where you want like a business partner, but you don't really want a business partner. You don't want to give any equity to anybody. You don't want to have to like answer to anybody, but you want somebody who's actually in your business, like not actually with loads of time, but they know it enough so that you can text them like a WhatsApp clients and they ask one question and go, should I go left or right? Yep. Blue or red? And you that you give them that immediate answer. And that gives people such clarity, such confidence, such focus, because you've got their back and you've been there way down the line. And as you say, I think the true true measure of an expert is not, do you know the answer? It's, I don't know the answer, but let's work it out, as you just said, because that's where you can see a real expert go, well, if that means that, which we both agree it probably does, then that might mean this. And that would probably indicate that, which therefore a good suggestion might be land here. If someone says it's definitely this, unless like the situation I've seen before, you don't really ever know. But yeah. showing the work, like what you said about the maths thing, showing the workings out is the formula to, well, let's put it through our, our, our brain's thought processes and get to that answer together. Absolutely. Well, that's cool, man. I think folks are going to have to come back and listen to this a few different times to there's a, there's a lot here. This is this has been a great day. What are you excited about now? What's going on that's that's got you jazzed up? Those two things I sort of mentioned to you already, right? The well, our year long program, seven figure blueprint, is you know the coaching roadmap to get to, to seven figures. Some people don't want to get to seven figures, like it's a good one, but <laughs> you know, putting people on a large group coaching program, hit 10k a month within the first 90 days. Um, we're using paid ads, launch a group program. That's that's what we do. We run five day challenges. They run systematically they're always in the calendar to, to help people come on. As I said, the big thing that I really like is that coaching CEO where, you know, as long as they've got something that's running, obviously it makes financial sense for them, but they are that that person who doesn't have a team, doesn't really want a team. Mm-hmm. They just want somebody to just answer the question like immediately, even if it's 10 o'clock at night, they like to ask the question. It's the big deal to them. That's what I'm excited about the most because that's where I've worked with some top, top people recently since we spoke about it. And it's so much fun for me. Like they call me WhatsApp Yoda or WhatsApp Guru because I've been there. So I know. And it's fun for me to solve those problems. So that's the thing I'm excited about the most. Like obviously helping coaches to scale is, is fun, super fun. And, and seeing the whole thing work so seamlessly, especially when no one else can do it in the industry or seeing no one else is, is fun. But coaching CEO is definitely my pet project right now. Awesome. So where can people find you? Like we'll put everything in the show notes, but what's the best way to, to find you? I'm um, obviously on social media at Coach Ben Edwards on most places, LinkedIn, Instagram, Facebook, benedwards.com or sevenfigure.coach. Yeah, if you hit one of those places, we're going to smash you with paid uh, paid ads. So don't think it's a mistake. If you hit one of those places and you see loads of retargeting ads, that's because we've paid. You can see it all. It's a good, good, I always say that's people because it's a good example of like, how's that guy now everywhere? Never heard of him before, but now you seem to see him everywhere. So we've got paid ads. Right? It doesn't cost a lot of money to do it either. So just a little factoid for everybody. Awesome. Well, thanks, Ben. This has been great. Appreciate it. That's it for this episode of Profit for Coaches. I've been your host, Joss Withard. To make sure you never miss a new episode, go to ProfitForCoaches.com to subscribe now. You'll also find all the show notes, resources, guides, links, freebies, and other goodies that we mentioned on the show. Plus, we've got some special bonuses there just for our subscribers. So to make sure you profit fully from this and each new episode of Profit for Coaches, go to ProfitForCoaches.com now.